Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have another young journalist from the great uh, campusreform.org. It's Caitlin Richardson this time from the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. Caitlin, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. UNLV, as we just spoke about way before you were born in the 1980s, uh, after I graduated high school, uh, was a really big college basketball program. And you say it still seems to be a pretty big deal, but you're not really into sports, right? Yeah, I get asked that all the time by anyone whenever I tell them I'm from UNLV, <laughs> but I'm, I don't watch the games. <laughs> I, I, and, and God bless you. You don't have to. That's for sure. Uh, what's it like going to school in, in, in Las Vegas? Now, I, between you and me, I had a job interview there probably 15, 20 years ago. And I went out there. I was going to be a TV news anchor in the market, but it, it just wasn't the right fit for me. But I found it to be crazy because you land at the airport, there are slot machines. You go to 7-Eleven, there's a slot machine. It's just like a whole different mentality, isn't it? Yeah, it's... It's interesting. Um, I grew up here, so I'm definitely used to it. Uh, I'm a lot more on the local side. You know, okay. we don't really go down to the strip a lot. Um, but I, it worked out really great for me. I, I, I enjoy going to college here. Well, it's a really good point, isn't it? If you grow up in Las Vegas, it, like I grew up in South Florida, the beach wasn't a big deal anymore because I, I lived there. But if you're kind of coming to visit, you're going to be doing slot machines and seeing shows. So generally speaking, the locals there don't do any of that? No, not really. I mean, sometimes they'll go out just to, you know, have fun for a night, but generally they avoid the area. Um, students, too, typically, because a lot of the students at UNLV also grew up here. It's a big okay. commuter school. Um, so a lot of them will not live on campus, but, you know, live at home, live in an apartment and drive. You didn't ask, but the reason I didn't take the job was because I, I would spend my entire paycheck every two weeks. You, you got slot machines everywhere. You go to the bathroom, there's a slot machine. So I, I would just, I would run through the money like crazy. I, I just, I didn't have that kind of willpower. The hotel where I stayed had like 168,000 machines or something in it. I was like, everywhere you turned, that's what it was. But but very, very smart comparison. If you live there, maybe you go in and grab a, you know, a dinner and, and a show, but then you go back home and stay away from it all. Is it, is it nuts on the strip at all times or not? Oh, oh yeah, it's it's busy year round. Um, there, there's always tours. There's always conventions coming in. So um, right now we have the national finals rodeo. So actually on campus there's like cowboys walking through <laughs> to get to the um, the Thomas and Mack Center where they're hosting it. Make sure you go to uh, campusreform.org every day. Check out the great stories that Caitlin and her, her cohorts there do, exposing really crazy stories on college and university campuses. So University of Nevada at Las Vegas, because it's the University of Nevada, it is subsidized by taxpayers. Does that mean that it's a left-leaning school? Is it a liberal school or not? Yeah, you know, as much as you would expect for any public university. Um, in my personal experience, it has really depended on, you know, the professor I get, uh, what's going to happen in the class. I'm I'm an English major, so a lot of the times when there is bias in classes, it's kind of surrounding this question of uh, what text should we be reading. A lot of students don't like reading older authors that are white, um, and you, they want to read a lot of newer stuff. Yeah, but I mean, the older authors that are white or not, it doesn't matter what their race is, they're speaking a different kind of English than you and I speak today, and it's kind of interesting to find the root of why we speak the way that we do today. Isn't it just about education? Who cares what the, what the skin tone was? Yeah, you know, it should be, and I, I think you lose a lot when you reject um, our past, and, and there's, there's a lot to learn from there that they struggled with different issues than we do today, and, and we need that knowledge. What got you into, into journalism? Obviously, speaking the language very, very correctly and studying English is going to be a big help. But, but what, what made you think, I'll start writing stories, too? Yeah, so I've 
always loved writing, didn't quite know what to do with that career-wise. Um, right. I came across campus reform and that was really my introduction into journalism, but I just love the putting together a story, you know, gathering the information and the facts and being able to tell viewers what's going on and tell it in a truthful way. I think that's really needed, especially in, you know, my generation. It's a lot of people are very influenced by what they hear yeah. and it, it directs their whole life. Well, I'm glad that you did it. It's Caitlin Richardson from University of uh, Nevada at Las Vegas, also from Campus Reform. You can follow her on on Twitter, Kate. S. Richardson, uh, at Kate S. Richardson. Go and follow her there. Let's get into the stories. University of Minnesota Students Protest Crisis Pregnancy Center. This is not anything new. And and, uh, was this protest at least peaceful? What did they do? Yeah, so this was recent. This was early November. About 20 students from the University of Minnesota Students for a Democratic Society Club uh, gathered outside. They had megaphones. They were yelling things like, abortion is a human right. That's why we have to fight. Uh, They had a projector and they projected the words fake abortion clinic onto the building. And then uh, they posted it all on social media. And in that post, they called the facility, uh, quote, predatory religious institution. Okay, so it's predatory because they're giving young women who are who find themselves to be pregnant uh, an alternative. I mean, all they're doing is really handling, helping them handle the crisis. They're, they're not telling people, yes, abortion, no abortion. They're saying there are options. Why is it that the, the far left like this, and they call themselves democratic society, that's, that's BS. But why is it that they're so angry at a center that just offers some advice or, or some help or some compassion? You know, the answer is they're not really pro-choice, they're pro-abortion. Otherwise, they would not be protesting these centers because what are you protesting? Free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds, free diapers? You know, it's it's super unclear, but it's unfortunately not surprising that students are adopting this rhetoric, especially when you have politicians, you know, like Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren saying the exact same thing. Yeah. She recently called these centers fake clinics uh, and called for their shutdown. And there's even now Democratic senators sponsoring legislation that they're trying to go after the advertising for these centers. When, of course, we, we spend half a billion dollars a year uh, holding up Planned Parenthood, which is just an abortion center. So that doesn't make any sense. These people are so pro-abortion, as you say, you said it very wisely. Uh, they're very pro-abortion. They don't want any young women who find themselves in this situation to know there are alternatives or people that you can talk to or advice you can get, or as you said, diapers or free ultrasounds. I mean, this is really kind of sick. Uh, but when we say we should sh- shut down Planned Parenthood, the argument is, well, we don't want people to get breast exams or something, which doesn't make any sense. They, they don't even have mammography m- machines there um, at-, at Planned Parenthood. This probably isn't going to go away anytime soon, but I guess my wonderment is why are people your age in in your in your era in your generation saying stupid things like we're the democratic society they're not they're not for democracy they're not for a representative republic therefore my way or the highway they're the fascists aren't they yeah i i think the answer to that is they don't totally know what these terms mean and they're really repeating things that they hear you know my generation has been told uh, particularly young women have been told that if you don't have access to abortion, your your life is going to be ruined. You know, if, if you have a child that's going to affect your career, it's going to affect your whole future. And, and you know, that's that's a total lie. A child is a blessing, it's a, a gift. Of course. Um, but our, my generation has bought those lies. 
It's crazy. And you're right. They just don't know the definition of words because when you confront somebody of your generation and not you, and of course there are a lot of people like you who are very bright and, and, uh, and actually will examine both sides and be skeptical. But if you ask somebody of your generation, generally speaking, they think socialism is good until you explain to them what socialism means. Or as campus reform has done, uh, say something like, hey, you earned an A on your test. Joe got an F. How about we give you both a C? And the answer is, of course not. I worked for that A. Right. Because you don't believe in socialism. You believe in meritocracy. They just don't know definitions, do they? I think that's a very good explanation. Yeah, that's why I think, particularly on this issue, it's so important to like educate students on, first of all, what abortion is, and second of all, what these clinics do. If, yeah. if they were more aware, I, I don't think so many would be uh, so antagonistic towards them. I agree with you. From campusreform.org, it's Caitlin Richardson. I appreciate the time. Cornell University recently hosted a convicted cop killer. Why? So this event was a commemoration of the Black Panther Party's 56th anniversary, and Cornell University decided to bring in Jaleel Montecum to talk about uh, how to address racial inequity. He is a former Black Panther Party member, and he was convicted of killing two cops in 1971 and spent 50 years in prison for it. And should probably still be in prison for it. So he gets out and immediately starts getting making money on, his, on the speaking tour, talking about equity. Where was the equity for, for those cops? You know, equity just means the equality of outcome. It doesn't mean equality at all. So why is he speaking on equity? Why, why would anybody want this person to go and talk to young, you know, um, minds that are being formed? You know, it's really unbelievable, and it's not the first time earlier this year at SUNY Brockport. He was also invited to speak, um, gave a talk there. But I think it's really telling to see what universities are willing to support and what they're not. Yeah. But we have conservative speakers come and speak. You know, professors or students will protest them and say their words are violence. And yet we have a university that's willing to invite someone who has committed actual violence. Yeah. And words can't be violence. That's stupid. It's Caitlin Richardson, uh, campusreform.org. Christ is transgender, it turns out. I had no idea. Uh, this is according to a dean. Where did this happen? This actually happened at Trinity College at Cambridge. And this was a PhD student in theology. Um, he gave a sermon claiming that Christ is transgender. And the, the details get crazier the more you dig into it. He based his whole analysis on historical paintings and uh after there was some, the congregation, I guess, was upset, um, understandably. Yeah. Uh, the dean actually said that this was a legitimate perspective. He looked at old paintings or pictures of Christ and said, obviously, this is a transgender person. And the dean said, obviously, he's right. What, what, what facts, what examples was he giving? I mean, I don't understand. In many pictures, he had longer hair. That means that he used to be a woman or I'm not following. What was the argument? Was there an actual argument made or just I say it so the dean says it so you must agree? It, it was quite disturbing. Um, some of them was like the location of uh, blood, but I, it, it is really an example of poor scholarship in the university where they, they start with the conclusion and they build up to that conclusion by any means necessary, and they, they don't care if it's factual, they don't care if it's uh, contributing any meaning, they just, they have an agenda, and here the agenda is, you know, gender ideology, and they don't care if they are disparaging Christianity, disparaging Christ in the pursuit of that. 
Caitlin, I got to ask you, is it your opinion, and you don't want to give an opinion, that's fine, but is it your opinion that this student and this dean really believe this, or were they trying to start controversy as they clearly did? You know, it's really difficult to say because I don't know the student personally. Um, I, I think it it could have been a mix of both of those things, but it's not surprising that this is coming out of the university. You know, earlier this year at Duke Divinity School, there was a pride worship service where they prayed to the great queer one. So they are creating a God they want to worship that and scholarship that affirms their ideology. Um, so whether they believe it or not, they're trying to advance that agenda. I think it's probably the latter. They're trying to advance an agenda. They can't really be this stupid that they think Jesus Christ was was female. That's just dumb. But I think they, they know there's a percentage of the audience that will believe it, buy into it, and then be their little soldiers pushing this uh, the, the, this sort of wackiness. It's uh, Caitlin Richardson from University of Nevada at Las Vegas, also campusreform.org. Go follow her on Twitter, at Kate S. Richardson. Make that happen right now. One last story. Dems take over university governing boards in Michigan. And I want you to get to the story in a second, but the people watching and listening know I've got 16 stations just in Michigan. I love Michigan. I've got a house there. Um, I spent eight years there. They've gone full blue liberal from the governor to the entire legislature turned to blue. You've got the attorney general who's a nut job. And, and now the uh, it only makes sense that Democrats would take over the university governing boards. Fill me in. Yeah, just for some context, your listeners might know this if there's a lot in Michigan, but there's four states that elect their university board members via popular vote. That's Colorado, Nebraska, Nevada, and Michigan. Um, so recently during the midterm elections, uh, Michigan elected a six to two Democrat majority on each of the three university governing boards. Now we hear a lot about school boards for K-12 and those are very influential you know, in, in the curriculum that your children are seeing, but these university governing boards are very important too because they manage large amounts of money, millions in taxpayer dollars, and they have huge influence over thousands of students throughout the public university system. So you're saying that, though, and I didn't know this, there are four state boards that, that sort of get together and vote on this, or do the actual state legislatures vote? Who votes for these people? Uh, no, it's on the ballot for the public to, to vote So the for. public is actually voting in those four states and what the, what the state university boards will look like? Yes. So it makes sense that, that Michigan went full liberal and they voted a bunch of liberals in. Is it 6-2 in Michigan or is it 6-2 through the four states? Uh, in Michigan they're and on each of the three boards in Michigan. Wow. So, I mean, how long do these go? They, are they uh, something that comes up every two years, every four years, six years? Do we know? So they are elected, I, I believe it's for eight-year terms, okay. um, and I believe two at a time they are elected. So it's going to be this way for a while? Yes. Caitlin, I appreciate you coming on. I think that it's kind of interesting that you're in Las Vegas, but but I love the perspective that you were that you were raised there. So it's not like the strip is I must go see it, um, and you can stay away from that part. Let me ask you this before I let you go: outside of Las Vegas, the actual strip area um, is that Las Vegas Boulevard? What is what is that strip actually called? Uh, we just call it the strip. Okay, but yeah, there isn't a road name for it. Uh, well, I think that's the main street. Yes. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm wondering. Outside of that, is it a nice area? Is it like a community like you, we would see? Like I'm in Texas. Would it be similar to what we see here where people aren't really um, changed at all by all the glitz and the glamour that goes on down the road? Uh, once you get out, you know, like 10 minutes maybe from the Strip, there's, there's residential areas. Uh, around the Strip, there are there's issues with homelessness in certain areas. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of residential areas. 
Good. Well, again, when I went there, I, th- I found it to be very, very nice, but I found the allure of going and putting some money in a machine was way too much for me to handle. So I didn't want to be there because I would put my, my paycheck at risk and I had a family to raise. Uh, but, but I appreciate you being there, and I'd love to go and visit there again sometime. Great job for CampusReform.org. Go and follow everything she does. It's Caitlin Richardson, and follow her at Kate S. Richardson on Twitter. Thanks a million. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show for your Thursday. Make sure you stop by the website. Again, we're focusing on those shorter videos. TikTok is a, a website or a, an app that is controlled by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. I know you like it. I know many of you love it. I know many of you are addicted to it. But TikTok, because it's based in China, the Chinese Communist Party can get in there and see all your data, take all your data, do anything they want with it. Instagram can't do that. YouTube can't do that. They do restrict. Don't get me wrong. They, they still are censoring, but they, but they can't go in there and get all the data on your phone. It, it's, not a, um, it's not a Trojan horse like TikTok is. So we're doing shorter videos on Instagram at Joe Talk Show, Joe Talk Show, and also on YouTube, Joe Pags Radio. If you like those shorter videos where I say, come on at the end, that's where you get it done. Also go to JoePags.com slash store between now and the 12th, and the stuff, the stuff that you buy for Christmas will make it there in time. Let's do some pop culture. Whoop. Hi, Paula, what's happening? So this morning, uh, singer Celine Dion announced that she was going to have to cancel her European tour uh, and pretty much her whole tour up until maybe 2024 uh, because she has uh, this extremely rare neurological disorder called stiff person syndrome. I uh, said so she gets uh, really bad spasms and that uh, it makes it hard for her to sing or, or, or do just about anything. And she's going to try to resume in 24? Uh, that's, that's what they're making it sound. I mean, they said that she, that, um, that she has, I guess, medical professionals working on getting her back into performance mode, but it hasn't been easy. I hope it works. I really like her singing. All right, Polo, I appreciate that. Thank you, Polo. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place for a free speech Friday in the Joe Pag Show. Have a great night. This is the Joe Pegg Show.